Funding for Start the Beat is provided in part by our supporters on Patreon. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer, soda, or water, coffee, tea, whatever you like in the fridge. Cheers, my friend. How you doing today? Good. I have my water as well. <laughs> nice. Nice. Water gang. Let me water take a gang. sip real quick here. Sam's purified. Mm. I'm drinking some of this Aha. Uh-huh. This is the, the sparkling water manufactured by, I believe, Coca-Cola. And this is the peach and honey. It's very Ooh, it's very delicious. I did not know they're doing the water game now. <laughs> yeah, they're doing it. Pepsi's doing it. It's uh, I think Pepsi is bubbly. If you've ever seen bubbly, that's Pepsi. Uh-huh. Oh, I did not know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're, yeah. There's not an inch of anything that says Coca Cola on this besides really, really small the fine print. You know, <laughs> a canned of Coca Cola, canned under authority of the Coca Cola company. <laughs> all right, authority. That means something serious. <laughs> We're healthy now. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of. Uh, well, I don't know. I guess speaking of being healthy, you seem like a healthy, well-adjusted human being. Everybody make some noise for my new friend, Caitlin Edwards. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those of you out there in the internet land that do not know Caitlin, Caitlin is a singer, songwriter, plays in bands, records music, is a music therapist, and a human being on planet Earth, where we are currently rotating. Am I correct? Yes. Cool. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Well, um, yeah, so you said it best. I I really, um, I'm a board certified music therapist. Uh, I currently work at a uh, older adult behavioral health unit at a hospital. So it's mainly a uh, behavioral health unit for people with dementia and other types of mental illness. And um, and I really focus on working with um, the older adult population, so 60 and over. Um, but I've definitely uh, worked with many different age groups, but mental illness um, and dementia, that's my uh, main populations that I work with for music therapy. And then um, I'm also a musician. I play violin, guitar, and um ukulele um and piano and i'm currently learning trying to learn drums just brought my electric drum kit so that's pretty cool um and then i also am a songwriter um and i i'm in a band called bumsy and the moochers which is like a ska punk band where uh based right here in uh the chicago suburbs and then i also have my solo music which is just my name caitlin edwards um and then also um i am a the co-founder uh, of Punk the Burbs Fest, uh, which is a, it's, we've only been running for three years, but it's mainly a festival for punk and punk genre bands um, to have a festival right in the Burbs because many people know Riot Fest and the city has a bunch of, you know, rock music festivals. And I thought, hey, let's have a punk fest in the Burbs. And so um, I co found that with uh, my partner, Jason uh, Fien, and, uh, yeah, but we and we generally have bands mostly in the Midwest, but we I know as of last year we had more bands from all over. 
Um, so yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> super, super cool. So if anybody missed it, you are in the Chicago area. We are talking right now on different, 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 different time zones. And I forgot about right. that about an hour ago because I was sitting here like tapping my toes, like what the fuck's going on here? And then I thought, <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah, Chicago. I forgot about that. Oh my gosh. Y'all be an hour behind hour us. Behind. So I'm in the You're... greetings from the future where it is currently <laughs> two o'clock. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. That's okay. It's okay. I didn't either. <laughs> Shit happens. Anyways. Right. So there's a lot to unpack with who you are and everything that you are doing here. I'm super interested in all of it. So let's maybe try instead of like working our way from the beginning and going, you know, to present, let's work backwards. So you had mentioned the music therapy and working with dementia and elderly people. And I'm curious about like how that process works. Is it something where like you maybe use like music to uh, like re-trigger certain memories and things like that? Or is there like, I'm I'm just really kind of like interested by this. Yes. So you got it. That's, that's one of the goals. That's just one of the many goals we have. Um, Yeah. Cause typically uh, people, and that's the thing, the different types of dementia we work with, some people are in the early stages, some people are in the later stages, but music works well, you know, no matter where they are. And not only are they losing their memory, but they're also experiencing anxiety and depression. Some of the scary thing is some of them are aware they're losing their memory and you know, that, that causes a lot of that, that fear and that depression, um, that loss of independence. Um, there's also hallucinations they may experience that go along with dementia. So yeah, using music, um, to trigger, you know, memories, hopefully good memories is one of our goals. Um, but a lot of what we use, do with music therapy is we try and help decrease that agitation that they Mm. have. Um, reorient them to reality because a lot of the times um they're not oriented to reality they they might not know what day it is what what time it is sure family members are you know you know i mean just it's a brutal disease alzheimer's and dementia and so yeah we definitely use the music to to bring up those memories but also decrease that stress that anxiety and you know, get them more reoriented to reality and also get them to socialize as well. Because like I said, depression is a big part of it. Um, and they just want to isolate in their rooms, but music therapy gets them to come out and socialize with other people and just, you know, feel more normal too. you know, especially in a hospital setting. It's so that's another thing that causes, it just throws another, uh, thing wrench in your life you're hospitalized that that can cause anybody anxiety so just yeah it music therapy really brings the relief in many areas you yeah. know of of their emotions yeah yeah i mean i don't honestly i don't know too much about how this all works and how that disease works but you know i guess it's maybe an unfortunate circumstance that maybe a lot of time like the memories don't come back so i imagine it is like just kind of trying to keep people as comfortable in this, you know, new normal, which is a term that a lot of people have been throwing around these days because of COVID and whatnot. But for them, it becomes a new normal. Am I off on that? Yeah, that's, um, that's definitely like you were saying, like the dementia becomes a new normal for them. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, like I said, especially sometimes I think what's, what's so, what breaks my heart every time is when they're aware of it. Like they'll come up to me and they'll say like, I'm so sorry. Like I know I'm losing my memory and it just like, no, no, no. I'm like, don't worry. It happens to everyone. I forget what day it is all the time. Like I really try and, you know, really comfort too. I don't, you know, I, we try and stay on the positive side, um, you know, of things, but, but yeah, definitely it's, they're aware you know, sometimes in the beginning and then eventually it just, you know, they're totally dependent and they need full-time care. And it's, 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 it's so unfortunate, but that's why I'm glad because music therapy for that one hour of group gives them that their life back. It's almost like the cure for dementia is there and music therapy group. It's like, Oh, it's doing it. But then as soon as group is over, Sometimes, you know, they might go right back into confusion or sundowning syndrome, which um, just just to review what that is, if no one's familiar, typically sundowning happens in people with dementia where like specifically near nightfall, like evening time, that's when people with dementia get really confused and really agitated and just need uh, some immediate care right there where they might need some medicine or, you know, just some you know, just, um, some extra, you know, attention from the caretakers. Cause it's just, yeah, it's brutal. Um, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Music therapy, uh, just, it provides that relief, you know, even if, cause like you said, I mean, it's, um, their memory. Yeah. It's, it's a degenerative disease, so there's no cure, but mm. we're just trying to give them the best quality of life we can for those moments that we can. <laughs> Absolutely. You ever play in punk rock? There, or were you saying, have I ever done punk rock? In yeah. Group? Yeah. There's been <laughs> once or twice. And when it happens, I'm like, I'm like that. Um, I'm like that meme with that, like freaking a uh, lumberjack guy. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh-huh. Like, that's the face I give them. Like, you're part of the club like because uh-huh. <laughs> i feel like punk rock is still like everybody loves it but sometimes you feel it's so freaking niche sure it's just like not a, you know especially in that setting where i'm always mostly playing 50s music and 60s and big band and but there was one time where this guy i think i think he he, he was definitely in the younger like 60s 70s but he was like can you play some ramones can you play some iggy and the stooges and i'm like <gasps> Yes, yes, thank you. I can take a break from after playing Elvis and The Temptations, even though I love that music, but it's like, yay, punk rock. Sure, sure. So one thing that I'm, you know, been trying to struggle, I'm, I'm not struggling, that's a dramatic word to use, especially after we've just spent 10 minutes talking about people that actually have real struggles. But my thing that, recently I've been dealing with mentally is like, you know, the aging punk syndrome where I'm not getting any younger. And as I've gotten older, I've become a lot more responsible and aware of my surroundings. And like, I feel like I'm a pretty kind and generous person, which isn't completely absent in the punk community, but it's also not always the circumstance. So I'm curious for you, Caitlin, as you have grown up i imagine with punk rock and loving this music which we'll get into uh you know as you've gotten older and you're obviously a responsible adult with a career and you're taking care of people and all of these things like how do you balance like 
having like this passion in something that is just like inherently adolescent and it's sometimes like really really not okay yeah i love this question (laughs) I, I, i have thought about it because throughout my whole career as a music therapist i'm like you know if only these people knew <laughs> sure. where I've been. I think of that song. I don't know if you're familiar with that band, the Teen Idols. They're like a pop punk band. And there's like a line in one of their songs. They, you know, they never know such a fine young man would hang around the places that I do. And I love that line because it I could relate to it so much because, you know, I would be playing a show at like this divey bar in this shitty part of Chicago. And then the next day I'm like going to work, like, okay, everybody, like, you know, here's some positive coping tools. Sure. (laughs) Like, and, and here's the thing, like, I'm going to be honest, like I am kind of a square and I feel like I definitely can practice what I preach because, you know, I, I yeah I, I love this music that is inherently you know really adolescent and is known for using negative coping tools like drugs and drinking and yeah. just doing like fucking terrible shit mm-hmm. but the the side of punk rock that really resonates with me is like the individualism the the I think of back with the descendants like Milo is someone I relate to you know there's that side of punk rock that's like you know what it's cool. You know, you could be a square too in the scene. You could be someone who's like a nerd or totally like into their health or somebody who's just, you know, you know, not this cool person out getting tattoos and like getting fucked up, you know, with whatever, you know, yeah. that's another thing too. I swear, like I'll drink and stuff, but not really. Like I'm not a big drinker Not you know, total like, a, you know, I'm a square, but, but then some people like that. They're like, that's awesome that, you know, that you don't do that. Cause so many, you know, punk is also about this, oh, you know, don't conform. But, you know, there's a lot of people that are so alike. But I think I kind of breathe into that type of punk rock that's like, you know what, individualism, you know, be whoever you want to be, even if it's not the typical, you know, doing the immature shit or the negative coping tools. And then so, you know, it's easy for me to find that balance because I just think back to, yeah, people like... um you know, Milo from the descendants or, um, man, even, uh, Kim Shattuck from the muffs too. I mean, you know, um, rest in peace, but yeah, she's, uh, someone I look up to a lot and she never really seemed like somebody who was like into the, the hardcore drugs of punk rock or just doing the super, I'm sure she did fun shit, but she wasn't, you know, super intense, like, you know, Gigi Allen or some of these people, (laughs) you know? So it's just like, yeah, I think back to them and I'm just like, you know what? Yeah. Like you can be a nerd or like a square, just somebody likes to just go to their job and promote positive, healthy living through music, you know? Um, And that, that's punk rock, you know, just being, just being who you are, you know, not, you know, caring what other people think and, Um, so yeah. And then I'll go to music therapy and, and, you know, sometimes when I worked with the younger people, I would use, uh, punk and group, like I'd find, you know, lyrics to punk songs that, you know, sometimes did promote, you know, just, you know, just, uh, healthy living. I know there's, I'm trying to think of some punk songs I've used in the past. I know there's just punk songs about hope, you know, too, that I often used in those groups or punk songs about, um, just beating your demons and just, you know, trying to be, 
you know, a, a better person. So yeah, that's, I can definitely find that balance with, with punk and then doing something like music therapy. <laughs> totally. Totally. You know, I, I, I agree with you 100%. I'm in a fortunate position where like the people that I make music with, we're all on the same, you know, we're all on the same page, but it can be hard at times. Uh, being around peers that maybe don't have the same values and responsibility or, you know, something as simple as like, you know, showing up on time and things like that. <laughs> being punk is being on time. Fuck this. Like, you know, punk time. It's cool to be late stuff. No. You wanna- Amen. My friend. <laughs> Amen. Oh my gosh. Okay. We're, we'll, we're, cause you're in Pittsburgh, right? We're yeah. going to, we're going to be playing some shows together. Cause that's, that's another thing too. I was, I was like, man, 2020 is the year where I'm finally going to really get out there and tour. And then fucking COVID happens. And it's like, oh, my God. But I'm the same way. I'm just like, start shows on time, like, please. So everybody can just get a chance to play. And that's another thing I run. You know, I'm Punk the Burbs Fest. And, you know, some there was a lot of that mentality. There were some punk bands that were like, fuck it. I'll play overtime or uh, not showing up, you know. Most for the most part, most of the bands like showed up and stuff because I was very, I mean, I sent contracts. I was just like, <laughs> please show up on your time and yeah, play 30 minutes so everybody gets a chance. Like, come on. So, yeah, I'm all, I'm with you. <laughs> with, you know, this responsibility and, you know, this caring and empathy and all of these things that you have, where did this come from? Were you much of a responsible, empathetic, caring person prior to getting into music therapy? Or maybe did like getting involved in this career change you as a person? Um, I mean, yeah, I just, I'm thinking to myself cause yeah, I got the, the idea to major in music therapy when I was, you know, 18 in high school oh, wow. because yeah, I remember thinking, I remember being like, you know what? I want to do music in my life. But I know being like a performer, you know, the money's kind of like, oh, maybe there. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, I want to do something concrete. Maybe I can do something with music helping people because I know me myself, like, um, you know, I've grown up, you know, sometimes having anxiety sometimes and music was there for me. And, you know, I also know what it feels like to be kind of outgassed because I know growing up, um, definitely tomboy, definitely. I mean, just, you know, wild child, always, you know, sometimes class clown. I mean, I wasn't that typical girly girl. And, you know, I'm, I am I got to find this picture. I one time went to like a girl's birthday party. I was like the only one that dressed in like camo and all these other girls <laughs> dressed in like princess outfits. Like I was literally, I was weird, you know, and I was full of energy. So I was like, you know what? I want to do a job where like, I'm going to love what I do, but it, you know, I feel like I can be me and I can help people that have been through what I've been through, whether it's, you know, just people who have been through anxiety or people who have felt like they're different and they, you know, can't seem to, you know, maybe have a hard time in the world or something like that. People, you know, so I'm like, Oh, and then I discovered music therapy and I'm like, that's perfect. Cause I really would love to definitely help people the with music, the way music helped me. So, you know, that's that. And I've just always, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a people person. I just love, talking with that's another thing i wanted a job where i was like you know what i want to be around people i don't want to be in a cubicle not that there's nothing wrong with that but that's just you know not for me and i wanted i wanted to do something to that for me it's like i feel like my job has to like have a purpose like it has to like 
help the world in a way. I'm like, that's just me. Like some people are like, hey, my job can be whatever. But me, I'm like, I got to put be able to put something out there in this world. So I know like I lived my life in a way like that, you know? So yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned it before when, you know, talking about uh, your job, the career and, you know, thinking of sometimes like, oh, like if you only knew how bad it could be. You know, maybe when you hear other people complaining about this or that, um, did you find that, you know, over time, like you just started to appreciate life more as a result of your work and like being thankful for what you have? Definitely. It's, it's definitely changed my life. Like, I feel like, yeah, we have that mentality. It will, especially when we're younger, like 18 and 20, like you have this invincible mentality, but definitely after i worked in um inpatient psych with all ages i realized like wow like there's some stuff you know i can com- there's some stuff i can complain about but really man i've you know i've mostly had a good i can't say that i've you know i've struggled with certain things in my life but not to the extent of maybe you know being out on the street or sure. having like a, a a life where there's abusive people around you or you know, just being in communities or situations. Like, I feel like definitely, um, you know, I recognize my privilege and, and I definitely also see that in my life, you know, I've, I've had some great advantages and definitely I've, I've felt that gratefulness and now working with the elderly population for the past few years, it's definitely changed my life to where it's like, go for it. (laughs) Like any, you know, you could be, you can, have this i mean life could change in a moment or you know you can have this great life and you never know in the end if you're gonna get dementia or if you're going to be completely dependent on others so while you're young like do everything you can and and i love how i get that feedback from my patients too they they also remind me like go travel, you know, I didn't get married till I was 30, you know, late thirties, forties, or some women didn't get married or have kids at all, especially the women. I really love talking to, cause I love a lot of them. Most of them got married and have kids, but there's some of them like, I didn't, I had a blast. And I'm just like, that's awesome. You know, cause I'm thinking about that in my life. Like I have a boyfriend, but it's like, you know, do I want kids? Do I want marriage? Maybe, maybe not. Cause you know, I've heard women that's like, it's, you can have a fulfilling life either way. Just live your life the way you want to, you know, that's, that's what they always tell me. And so my, my job, I think has definitely given me that, like, be grateful for your life and also live your life to the fullest for sure. Sure. I think that, I think a lot of people, um, you know, I'm not too sure how old you are, but I'm 35 and I think I'm 30. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Okay. So we're all in our thirties here and, uh, around this time frame you start thinking a lot about like you know what is my contribution to the planet earth what am i doing am i supposed to have offspring or kids or whatever it's like you know the only offspring i have is a copy of smash in the wall i don't have (laughs) (laughs) that was such a bad joke (laughs) anyways um so as a uh but with all that being said i think you know for you i think just with your career and your day to day, you're contributing so much more to the betterment of society and being a, you know, a part of this community of human beings more than maybe some people with kids may ever do. But I also think 
you know, as a result of your job, you'd probably be a pretty good mom. I don't think you'd be an irresponsible parent. <laughs> Thanks. I'd like to think that sometimes I'm like, I mean, I have a niece and nephew and I'm like, oh, you know, I like, you know, hanging out with kids, having fun. And I'd like to think, okay, if I was a mom, I wouldn't be bad. I wouldn't be this trash or whatever. But um, I think it just, I don't want ever want to like, lose my my temper because what i'm noticing is definitely people with kids that they definitely test you and stuff and i'm like oh, i never wanted to be one of those parents that like yells and becomes this angry person yeah i think you probably have way more patience training than <laughs> most people probably have to be completely honest and while you may not be a paternal mother i get this feeling that you may be a band mom Oh my god, you're like you're reading the the psychic band palm here. <laughs> so, <laughs> how has your career over the course of time shaped your communication with your bandmates if at all? Because oh bandmates could be pretty grumpy and hard to deal with. And it's such a oh my gosh, it's such like a it's different and it's the same. So, working in psych, I mean, and I've worked with children with autism, uh, uh, individuals with Down syndrome, dementia, you definitely have to have a very, very huge patience because you are asked, getting asked questions over and over again. And you might be yelled at, you might be getting screamed at, you might be asking someone to do something over and over and they don't do it. So I definitely have developed that strong patience. However, I keep in mind like in music therapy, those patients, there's an excuse there. <laughs> like they have something going on like mentally where my bandmates, you know, or people I've just worked with in different musical groups in general, it's like, okay, do they have an excuse here? You know, if someone is just, you know, if we're bumping heads or something. Um, and also to the fact too, I was in symphony orchestra, like from high school to college. And I feel like the conductor kind of rubbed off on me too. Cause he was like this German conductor that was always like, <laughs> practice, practice, practice. Okay. And that like, I hated him for that, but then I was like, it did make me a better musician. So now, like whatever band I'm in or group, like I'm not a mean, I'm not like yelling at people, but I really do and try and instill in people like practice. I know you you hate me if I like pick on you for this one little spot that you keep missing up, but you'll thank me later because eventually you'll sound good. Trust me, it happened to me. So yeah, there's definitely, yes, yeah, some of my what I've experienced in my job will creep over into like my groups. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, the thing that I always like to bring up, uh, you know, with people that I'm working with creatively, the, the majority of the people that I work with creatively for whatever reason also like to play video games. This is a big surprise, right? A bunch of 30 year old men playing video games. Whoop de do. Anyways, the thing that a lot of these, guys like you know whenever you're dealing with them <laughs> and like maybe they're messing up something and it's just like you know would you if you're playing a video game and you keep dying over and over again you try to figure out what you need to do to stop dying right like this is literally the equivalent of that part that you keep fucking up stop yep. dying in this part and like figure it out so we could beat the level so we could get you know let's level up the character let's level up our character as a band here stop stop it <laughs> But, you know, uh, it's not anything that I really have to deal with again too much now. I think that I spent the 
maybe like the first, I don't know, you know, I spent way too long, way too long not knowing how to talk to people that I was in a band with and not being the person that thought that they should speak up about something and just kind of like allowing myself to say, eh, whatever. I'm just in a band with these people because they're my friends, which obviously you want to be in a band with people that are friends. But once you start taking things more seriously to a degree, you kind of need to be like, well, you kind of have to know how to play the songs and you kind of got to show up to things on time, which we had already talked about and things like that. You know, when you were starting out as a musician and getting into bands and playing with other people, what was it like maybe being someone that came from that orchestra background and having that psycho German conductor that's like really, really intense and, uh, you know, going from that to being like, well, maybe I'm going to, I don't know if you started playing in punk bands right away, but regardless of whatever the genre was, I imagine you were probably operating around people that maybe didn't have the same sort of, uh, diligent, mindset in terms of you know rehearsing and things like that what was that like for you in the beginning yeah and oh yeah definitely um definitely reminded me to uh yeah definitely use this so in the beginning yeah i was in a pop punk band at first um called the fizzy pops and it was like that high school band and at that time i know and it was like yeah, I was friends with the people in that band too. So yeah, there was definitely that it's fun to be in a band with your friends, but then when, yeah, you wanted to actually start really sounding tight and making sure everybody gets on time. Um, and I was in orchestra in high school at that school at, at that time too, while I was also doing that high school pop punk band. So yeah, definitely. Um, I think from the start, I was kind of like that way. <laughs> yeah, okay. Kind of like I wasn't, um, well, and I think surprisingly to the P, the two, cause it was a trio and like less people in the band, the easier it is to like really herd the cats. And Facts. So, yeah. Heard those cats. And so, yeah, it's, it was easy um, to really be like, Hey, practice and show up. Cause I was, you know, working with two other people who kind of felt that same way, but then, you know, obviously life happens and we started just bumping heads with things and that band broke up but then when I started this ska band, I really feel like that's when things it it was it it was tough to get to the point we wanted to get to because first of all, ska is just it's hard to form a good ska band in the in general too. You gotta because people you really gotta be know how you play your instruments with ska. You know, it's that I think it's a harder punk genre. Um, but yeah, there was definitely those times where and we were all friends we were all friends and there were those shows and those practices where it's like oh sometimes we just let things that didn't sound too good slide because we're all friends and we want to keep that dynamic but eventually there were like a blowout or two where we had to tell people like well at first we'd tell people like hey come on hey dude just practice let's practice together like one day you know like you know or just a few of us and like hang out and stuff you know but then eventually just there were like one or two people in the band that just didn't get to that level. Like you said, they just kept dying in the uh, game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they weren't leveling up and eventually, you know, I, I mean myself, you know, too, I had some moments where I just was like, Oh my God, fucking practice. What yeah. the fuck dude? Like, come on, like, don't let me, I don't want to be this villain in this band, but it's like, or this bitch. I mean, especially, I'm the only girl in my band and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to be that, you know, 
I'm the bitch or something. It's like, but then it's like, you know what? Fuck it. If I have to be the bitch to like have this band sound good, fuck it. <laughs> like, You're just band mom. And, That's all. And, and not that I'm mean or anything <laughs> to everybody because we're all still friends. But there was one time where there was definitely like a butting head some open and, you know, it caused somebody to leave the band. But then it was fine because then we got somebody in the band that we found that sounded good and was at our level. That was another thing too. It was like, you're in a band with friends and you come to find like who is really talented and actually could get to your, to that level. There's some band, there's some friends like, yeah, I'm going to practice. I'm going to get to that level. And there's some people like, "Eh, I'm just chilling, smoking weed and drinking beers. And this is just something fun for me. And I'm just going to coast. And it's like, no, you got it. Let's get to a good level. So yeah, there was definitely, I had to have those, you know, fucking hard, just be a hard ass moment just so we can sound good. And it worked out in the end because, you know, we finally started to sound like how I, we should, especially with Sky. I mean, you got to sound tight or it's going to sound like shit. <laughs> Absolutely. You got like 25,000 people on stage. They all have to be playing what they're supposed to be playing. It could be really, really difficult. I had spent, I've spent, in the past way too much time i think facilitating people's feelings that i was in bands with that really didn't deserve it at all because yep, none of those I people were none of those people are still trying to do this they've all they have all quit in like literal years of my life pretty much down the toilet not to be dramatic because i mean i learned from all of those experiences and i'm thankful for them but you know, in the back of my head, always at that time, I was like, this is never going to work. Why am I still doing this? Why am I making sure I'm off work on these days and, you know, putting all of this money into these things when like, you know, there's just one like basically like a rotting tooth, you know, like this just isn't going to get any better. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I wish I knew, you know, that I wish I knew then what I know now. But hey, I'm still here. I'm doing all right. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> we we learn from our experiences, but man, if yeah, any anyone listening to this podcast, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's great to be in a band with friends and try and keep those friends, but really like try and cut off that dead weight as soon as you can. Cause I, I feel you. It's like sometimes I think about man, it's like you're putting so much extra time and money into this. Like, yeah, like just work with professionals right off the bat if you can you know if they're your friends great and you know what there's a lot of people who like they weren't my friends at first but then they became my friends and now we're even really close too because you know they work so well in the band and you know it's so yeah definitely cut off that dead weight as soon as you can as if even if it's a friend as much as that sucks and we're trying to let them down easy <laughs> yeah i mean it's a th- it's just like look like you know like you see me putting in all of this time and if you are actually my friend you should respect that and if you can't make this time for this then you just have to bow out either if you want to actually be in this band then step up but if you don't really want to be in the band let's stop you know exactly, like, like stop if, wasting people's yeah, time yeah if, if you don't want to be at practice every week if you don't want to play a show to 20 kids on a tuesday then don't there's other people that let's let's stop this and then we could casually hang out at the bar after the gig if all you want to do is drink and hang out you don't have to bring right. all your equipment across town exactly you stop wasting your own time yeah you yeah, know and yeah. it's 
it's yeah and that's the thing sometimes people are like am i a true friend to kick this person out or try and have that person out of the band or you know or is or is a true friend somebody who actually you know shows up to practice shows up on time and wants to sound the best they can and that's what i thought in my head i'm like you know what it's it sucks to let someone down and tell them like basically you're not really sounding great with this group that sucks but i'd rather be an honest friend and just be like hey i'd rather be honest with you and tell you it's not working and you should move on to another project than just lie and just be like and everyone's wasting their time <laughs> yeah 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 it's ugh. well it seems like you've had you know a pretty good uh set of thoughts and responsibilities for like the majority of your life here you seem like a well-adjusted human being where did that all come from how was high school How'd high school treat you? High school was like, I'm trying to think back. Um, I mean, yeah, it was definitely, it was fun. I mean, for the most part, like there was, there was no real, like, I mean, really the the biggest hardship I had in high school was probably like the anxiety experienced. Cause I know when I was 14, I definitely had a lot of anxiety and just going through like high school. I just, I felt the weight of that and just sometimes it would put me in funks and I wouldn't want to leave the house and then, you know, or I'd be afraid to do certain things or go certain places. I mean, um, but music was, you know, very much in my life in high school. Thank God for that. And I, that was something that really motivated me to, you know, just keep trying my best in high school. Cause eventually I'd be like, high school is going to be over and then I can, you know, do whatever I want afterwards, as long as there's music there. But I mean, high school is fun for the most part, typical experiences. My high school had like a thousand people in their graduating class. It was like one of those big guy schools. So there really wasn't any like kind of like bullying or weird situations like that. Cause like nobody knew each other. (laughs) There's, but yeah, it was, I mean, it was fun. We did, um, I was mostly doing a lot of orchestra stuff and obviously stuff with my pop punk band. And um, I got to, what was it? Uh, our orchestra got to tour some parts of Germany and Austria, which oh, was awesome. Fun. And yeah, we got to go to like Mozart's apartment. We got to see like where they filmed Sound of Music and then we'd play these cathedrals. I mean, high school definitely like, yeah, it, it was that gate opener to music and what the world could be if you continue music, you know, in your life. And, um, uh, yeah. And then I also had my pop punk band on the side where we'd play, you know, those shitty shows, not shitty shows, but I should say, uh, we'd play fun shows, you know, in Chicago. And then we'd play like some, (laughs) you know, sketchy places. And I'm like, I think back on it. I'm like, Oh my God, I was this 17 year old girl, like using map quest to go to wherever in Chicago. How am I not like dead? (laughs) <laughs> sure, sure, sure. You know, a, a, a lot of people say, 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 a lot of people say that Chicago is a scary place, but I just think the world's scary in general. It, you know what? And that's the thing. I guess I shouldn't, I don't want to talk down really to Chicago. I mean, because there, you know, that's the thing. There's some sketchy, like not so good parts in Chicago, and there's some really great parts, and it has a fucking awesome music scene. Chicago's music scene is like, amazing the venues beat kitchen reggie's subterranean you know the metro it's it's great um and then it's got some kind of more hole in the wall places that could be great but then also at the same time you know 
be careful and lock your van. Yeah, <laughs> people kill sure. your shit. <laughs> so I had a thought when you were talking about um, being on tour. Did anybody call Mozart's apartment the Mozartment? <laughs> I'm trying to remember, and I don't think so. I know, like a lot of people are more so like calling him Amadeu, mm. like especially in that museum because that's like mostly what he liked to go by. Amadeu. <laughs> Got it. Got it. So now in terms of, you know, finding music in general, what was that like for you? Because it seems like, I guess, the majority of your upbringing, and at least musically what you've been playing, was pop punk and things like that. So I guess uh, you grew up around uh, whatever was happening at that time. Uh, I don't don't know what it would be. Maybe Blink-182, maybe... Newfound Glory, maybe Paramore. I have no idea what any of that music was back then. What were you listening to? Like, what was like maybe some of the first stuff that was like, holy shit, what is this? Yeah, I think it was, um, well, when I was like around, I remember seven years old. That was definitely around the time where I found Green Day and okay, yeah. the Offspring Smash. I yeah. you brought up earlier. I know that was because my brother is seven years older than me. So this was like 1997 when I found out, I guess, about punk okay. rock. And yeah, my brother, he was seven years old. All so right. he was like so, a yeah. teenager. Yep. Okay. So yeah, and, you were, you had, because that's the interesting thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, I, a lot of people that I talked to, um, they found punk from like the following generation just as a result of like MTV whenever they started playing like, you know, all that shit all the time in like the late 90s, early 2000s, probably more likely like, you know, the fallout boys and all that shit. Um, but yeah, I was very much in the same boat, but I didn't have an older brother. I was just I was 14 or 15 at that time. You know what I mean? Whenever that stuff was big, but you had the older brother that you you got it from. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's the thing. I, I think you, yeah, because my brother, yeah, he was a teenager at the time. And I remember the the, the pop disaster tour with Blink-182 and Green Day, but I was too young to go, but he could have went, but he, he didn't get to go. I'm like, damn it, Steven, you're so lucky. Like, you could have <laughs> really been in the prime of the 90s because I really didn't go to my first concert till I was 14. And that's when I saw Green Day on the American Idiot tour. Okay. So it's like, oh, I would have loved to experience, you know, those those nineties bands just coming out. Yeah. But I mean, at least I was able to listen to them. But in but in high school was and middle school was definitely the more newfound glory and fallout boy, that side of pop yeah. punk when I got into that. But I was still into like the old school pop punk too, which was like teen idols and the queers and um um, what was it? Uh, the other I'm trying to think of the other ones too. Well, the, the muffs kind of. Sure, and, sure. Um, yeah. So there, I I kind of like liked those both, like the underground pop punk bands, and then like the common ones. You know, some forty one. I fucking I still like them. <laughs> yeah, they're fun. All that shit's fun. I think that you know it was like going back whenever all that stuff hit. I think that like you're never too old to listen to type any type of any music you aren't. But I think at that time when I was like 21, I'm like, I'm not listening to fucking my chemical romance, but now I'm like, Oh yeah, I love those albums now. Like I, I've, I get Same. over, but like, you know, I think that like at that time, like, I don't know, I went through like a, 
I guess like a pseudo pretentious sort of thing that maybe most kids go through where like all of my friends were like listening to like, you know, weird shit. So like I'm listening to weird stuff too, but whatever. And it's like you do. I I think I had maybe like a year or two of that phase too, where it was like, oh yeah, I don't listen to that stuff from high school anymore. Now I'm in college. I'm like listening to vampire weekend and I'm getting (laughs) into other stuff, you know? Sure. But Deep down, like when I'd be alone in the car, I'd be jamming. I'm like putting in that Blink-182 CD again. It's like, oh shit. And then now as a 30 years old, I'm like, fuck it. I'll go see that. I miss live music so much and I love all types of music. Hell to hell with it. I'll go see it again. And Bumsy and the Moochers, my, my ska band, I even wrote a song called Guilty Pleasure. And it was all, and it's just all about just liking Avril Lavigne. I'm like, fuck it. I'll still listen to Avril Lavigne. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think there's this interesting thing that happens maybe whenever you start listening to music really young. Like if you are exposed to good stuff young. Like my parents were really young when they had me. So when I was like, you know, four or five, I'm rifling through my dad's like Megadeth and Iron Maiden cassette tapes and things like that. And um, I had like a friend that was into alternative music that was like, you know, turned me on to like all the epitaph record stuff. And plus like offspring smash, you couldn't escape that shit at the time. So like that and white zombie, like, you know, I'm like, I have, I have a, my 10 year, my 10 year birthday party. There's a picture of me and my mom and I'm wearing a white zombie t-shirt. Nice. But I think that like, you know, once you become 15, 16, it's like natural to kind of want to disconnect from the things that were attached to your childhood. So I kind of like disconnected from so much stuff. And then like probably when I was like 24, 25, reason why I'm bringing this up, because you brought up Descendants. I remember like remembering like some random Descendants song got stuck in my head. And I was like, oh, yeah, I really like this band. And then I like found the album and like put it on. And it was just like this like time portal, like, like, oh, fuck, I love this album. Like, you know, and then like from there, it was like the everything sucks was like a huge reset for me in terms of like I had gone so far down the rabbit hole of like weird progressive heavy metal and bizarre electronic music which all that stuff is cool but like it was fun to have that one like reset button and uh yeah I don't know that's all I have to say about that that's what I love too (laughs) about music I mean it it relates back to music therapy too I think that's why music's so powerful too because sometimes you can just put on something and it'll you like you said take you in a time portal You'll literally just time travel like in your mind and be like, whoa, I remember this time in my life and this is a great record. Like, you know, just enjoy. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to take a moment here. I'm going to pull up your uh, your contact stuff here on Spotify that the human beings watching can see this right now. So you have your solo music Spotify that's just under Caitlin Edwards, and you also have the ska band, which you had mentioned a few times, which is Bumsy and the Moochers, which is a very fun name, but maybe strange to spell if you can't see it. So you could see it on the screen right now if you're yeah. watching. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so these are both, you know, punk adjacent projects. I would say that the solo stuff's a little more pop rock forward, but it definitely has like maybe some more of that you had just mentioned like, you know, like mid-era Avril Lavigne sort of feel to it, which is cool. Like, you know, me and my girlfriend were actually just, we listened to like the entire Avril Lavigne discography on a road trip recently just because we are like, we wonder what Avril's been up to. So we listened to like the newest <laughs> all the way back. Very surprising stuff that Avril Lavigne has been up to, but hey, whatever, you know, you do you 
you, girl. I'm not mad and at it. And she's still Avril. She's not. <laughs> did you hear that conspiracy theory that she's yeah. like died and someone else is her yeah. name's Amanda or something? Uh-huh. And I was like, no, maybe she just had some work done, but she's still Avril. Or, or like Paul McCartney is Billy Shears. Like mm-hmm. the, she just. I, that's why I love. Avril. I'm like, dude. Avril, she's still Avril. Come mm-hmm. on, that's still her voice. Like, so I just said, sorry, I just was thinking about that. <laughs> so, my, what I was going to ask, you know, in regards to both of these projects, um, I'm not too sure if you have or if you have any interest in it, but is there any like styles of music that you haven't dabbled in that you would maybe want to do one day? Or maybe like you do secretly another guilty pleasure that nobody knows about. Do you have a secret trap hip hop album that nobody knows about just hiding on SoundCloud somewhere? I know me and my boyfriend, like, cause my boyfriend plays drums in my solo band. I'm like, one day we need to just do like a, a stupid, like, like the hip hop. Cause we love hip hop. Like yeah. I love hip hop. We love R and B. Like, we think in another life, like we were definitely like black and we were in Motown, like in, <laughs> sure. in the Detroit area. Cause we love, like, I love, you know, all types of um, music from different cultures, but especially like black music, you know, um, R and B Motown, um, all of the hip hop, every, all of that. And I definitely am like one day, let's make a hip hop album. It might be cringe, but just, I just want to see how it would go. <laughs> sure. Um, so that I, you know, I've always thought about, it's nothing I'm working on now, but, um, as far as, uh, just tr- in, in all seriousness, um, I know Bumsy were releasing a new single and it's definitely, it's got horns and guitar, um, or acoustic guitar. It's more acoustic. And I put my violin in it a little bit. So there's a little bit of that. And I really always wanted to do something more like folky or bluegrassy, mm. like in a group. So that's definitely a, a genre I'd like to dabble into because I I love playing bluegrass music on the violin. And I always just wanted to have like a little fun bl- bluegrass folk band on the side. So yeah, people hit me up if uh, you want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that it's fun just to um, dabble in other genres of music, even if it's just like maybe like working on a cover of a song of something that's outside of the box, even if you don't ever release it. It's just like more of like a personal thing where I think that you can learn and become a better musician just by getting outside of that box because like, you know, you're operating in like, you know, the punk world that can be very, you know, it has its thing. And the bands that I do are also very like niche specific sort of bands where it's like, there's no rules, but also it's like, you know, in my heavy metal band, I'm not like one of these people that wants to like really get crazy with bringing in the like electronics and the synthesizers and all that stuff, which a You're lot not of bringing in the bagpipes. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. I mean, Hey, you know, corn did it and they pulled it off, but <laughs> that's right. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, I like to keep, uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I find that I end up learning a lot from you know trying to dissect pop songs or dissect a weird like old like beach boy song like right now i'm trying we're joking about doing this cover of god only knows which is quite an undertaking because there's a lot going on because it's from pet sounds and the album is psychotic so like right now i'm trying to deconstruct this and figure out how to make it like a gothy synthwave track 
That is awesome. So and send that my way. We'll see how it goes. I'm not, I honestly, I am not convinced that it's going to work. <laughs> because like, I'm like noticing this thing with like, there's so many weird chords in it. And whenever you translate all that stuff directly to synthesizer, it sounds like video game music. And I don't want it to sound like video game music because like, so much video game music is all this like crazy chords and weird progressions and stuff and very epic, which I mean, Beach Boys are very epic as as calm as they are very epic compositions and i think yeah brian wilson's like insane for someone who can only hear through one ear i mean just what he's like created it's wild that's it's like people yeah you can uh you delve into his writing style all that the beach boys it's just uh yeah there's some complexity yeah copy as it can sound yeah and just going through that i'm like oh (laughs) i thought i wrote songs whoops (laughs) (laughs) whoops <laughs> <laughs> what am i doing with my life <laughs> yeah yeah jesus jeez louise so you know we've mentioned it briefly but it kind of goes without saying we are still in the pandemic it is currently december 1st of 2020 i don't know exactly when this episode will be up this month but it's the beginning of the month who knows you know <laughs> a lot changes in a very short amount of time these days. So who knows where the world's going to be by the time this goes up. But at the current moment in time, how are you feeling about 2021, Caitlin? I am feeling optimistic. I'm feeling optimistic. And it partly comes from just like, you got to, (laughs) you know, because it's like 2020 dragged us so far down to the bottom. I feel like, it's like, yeah, that that cliche of nowhere to go but up. And I'm just feeling that because, you know, especially with the vaccine coming out, um, I know, like, I mean, we got an email at the hospital, like it was a survey saying, uh, you want this vaccine? <laughs> you know, basically, because I think they're going to offer it to healthcare workers and yeah. the elderly first and everything, which is good. Um and I'm feeling good about that because for the most part, I feel like, you know, it's it's been through the trials and for the most part, it's it's working and everything. And, um, you know, I've known people that have gone through the trials and, and they said, you know, it's they didn't feel any side effects or anything and it works great. So that's what's giving me some of that optimism of 2021. Like, okay, there's this vaccine that's going to change things because I'll do whatever it takes at this point to go back to live music because I miss it so much. And you know, and I and I think maybe there's there could be that possibility. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not making any statement like I know everything because I don't, I don't know. But I like to keep my fingers crossed. Maybe I'm hoping by the summer because they're saying you know they can give the vaccine to the general public in you know February, March, April, and then I'm thinking, okay, maybe this summer we'll have live music again. Maybe so that's what's kind of keeping me optimistic that. The, just the vaccine will help things. But also I just feel optimistic too, because as we all know, 2020, there was just a great awakening really with, you know, the culture with what's going on, like, um, you know, systemic racism and, and just people really kind of looking through their lives and looking through their own privilege and then looking how people, you know, um, especially people of color experience things, um, you know, also people in the LGBTQ community. I mean, just, just, I feel like 2020 opened our eyes like to the struggles that other people are going to going through and just, recognizing that and trying to change that. Like, I feel like, especially, you know, don't want to get political, but, you know, really pleased with the uh, election results. (laughs) I'm just (laughs) glad because I feel like it's, 
that just proves that okay, yes, people people do want to change and do better and try and improve the quality of life for people, you know, especially you know our, our brothers and sisters, our, our people of color, people of color, and just um, just other marginalized groups, you know. Um, so I think twenty twenty one is going to hold. Um, I think just at least you know, and things they're not going to change. I know overnight, but I know the steps are now being taken, and I think twenty twenty one will will really show those steps being taken to improve quality of life, and so we can truly be a country that's you know equal for all. You know, so I, I, I'm feeling good. <laughs> That's optimism. I yep, like it. Ch- I think I I'm, just gotta, gotta, gotta have it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. with you. I, I'm feeling good too. I'm not, I'm a little personally skeptical about live music in 2021. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just kind of not trying to get my hopes up, but uh, I guess we'll see. I, I, I don't know. I certainly want it. I do not not want it. I could tell you that, but also, uh, you know, I, I I feel bad for like you know people that I see that are scheduling tours and things like that. I'm like, geez, bold move. Yeah, I've seen some of that, and I just want to tell people like, hold on, yeah, <laughs> just bold. wait. <laughs> because like, even if you know we do get music back, are we going to get you know it's okay to go across state lines back? And like, there's so many like weird nuanced things that I think that it's going to be different. And especially, and like, also, if, uh, you know, some sort of uh, assistance doesn't come our way soon or come the way of businesses that are struggling right now, we may not have places to play by the time I was just going to say, yeah. I think that's the only wrench in it because I'm like, you know what? There's a possibility of live music coming back, but if it does, where will there be to play? You know, are there going to be places or, you know, and will that be that? Will there be that assistance there from the government where some of these places can come back? Because it's like, oh, yeah, some of these places, maybe they can come back and open up later. But will they have the means to do that? And I think that's that's what throws a little wrench in my optimism is the venues i'm worried yeah. about that you know yeah that the, it i'm really really like frustrated personally by how a lot of the assistance thing has been handled just because they've been like dangling a carrot over small business for like the past 9 months and it would have been one thing where it's like i'm i'm very much a firm believer in like you know grassroots if i need to get something done i'll get it done but i feel like they keep saying like, oh, hey, we're going to, it's coming, it's coming, the relief is coming. So a lot of people took their word for that. And then as a result, had to close. We lost three venues in Pittsburgh over the past nine months. Three. Chicago lost um, yeah. a couple as well. Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. It's like, I'd just rather you just say like, hey, we have this money, but we're not going to do it. So people don't feel as if they have something to hang back on. And maybe like, you know, some of these venues could have maybe had a couple extra months to try to figure something out before the debt got too high and crippled them. I don't know. It's yeah. really yeah, I exhausting. I don't know what's going on, but I'm, I'm with you all the way. It's, it's come on. Where's our small businesses at? It's like, I'm, you know, Walmart don't need this shit. Like where's all this money going? You know, the small businesses, I mean, in the end, you know, the, that's really, I think it's it's definitely the foundation for the economy there. Yeah. I mean, you you can't just have just Walmarts and Targets up. You know, it's, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it, it's 
it's that's all I, that's all I'm gonna say about that. Let's not go down a rabbit hole because I'm not. I mean, I'm. I, I get really, really angry about these sort of things. It's just like, cause like I, I spend so much of my time, like professionally dealing with like managing things, managing a team, funds, allocating resources in proper ways. And like, I'm just like, I guess I'm not a politician. I'm not qualified to say that I could do this better than anybody else, but I'm still like, this makes no sense to me. And I'm just and, and, a weird yeah. DIY kid. Not even a kid. I'm a weird DII bald man. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You would be uh, you by the judging by the leadership we had the past four years. You would do great. Like seriously. Like I mean, anybody at this point. Like or, you know. Like I was kind of like you know what? I know just regular people off the street. Like you, me, or just I'm like you know what? I make. I think we could all would have done better. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, I there's there's part of me. I remember. So there's a CD store here in Pittsburgh. It's a very, very famous record shop called Ides. And anybody in Pittsburgh that's watching this knows what I'm talking about. And the owner of Ides, he's a motherfucker. Like, you know, he's owned this business for decades, you know, and he's a very hard headed son of a bitch. And I remember like I would go in there all the time as a teenager and he would always be yelling at an employee about something, which was it was probably justified because you work at a record shop. You probably have a bunch of delinquents working for you. But at the time, it clicked in my head where I was like, you know, there's part of this thing where like if you're going to be a leader, you kind of have to have this like hardheadedness to you. You mentioned it before, like with the band, you know, you kind of have to be the bitch of the band and when i'm thinking about like you know me being in charge of something i think sometimes i maybe have too much empathy and understanding to actually maintain something successfully because i'm not like is tough enough to be like a total turd not saying that i would be a trump by any means or that nor that do i want to be but i'm curious about like you know what it takes like when you're like a leader on that level like the shape of like, I don't know. I, I don't know where What's I'm, that balance yeah, like, that, between yeah. being a dick and being empathetic. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, we've definitely had a severe lack of empathy uh, <laughs> the, the past four years for sure. We probably could have used with a little bit of more. For sure. For sure. But in a weird way, um, you know, if you, if you are someone that believes in fate in the universe and things happening for a reason, I think that, you know, while I think you mentioned it before with all of the things that have come to light over the course of this past year. And unfortunately, a lot of that is a result of the past four years and just all of these things. But I think that, you know, we had been making progress as a nation before that, but it was very slow. And if you believe in things happening for a reason, this very much like amplified, like, and kind of sped up the process, like kind of maybe having all of this negativity, which it isn't good because a lot of terrible things happened. But I'm curious, like, would we be as far, like, would we be having the conversations that we're having as a, you know, a community and as people, if it weren't for all of that stuff, not to thank thought- the motherfucker. It's just like yeah. things happen for a reason. Maybe, maybe this was That's, part of it. I thought about that too. 
I thought about that too, because I'll never forget the day too where I was just like when he when he fucking won the election. I thought to myself, I was so ready to have that first woman president. I'm not I'm I'm not saying, oh my gosh, Hillary's great, but I was so ready. I'm like, because we I felt like we were progressing. Now it's finally happening. Like people anybody can be whoever they want, you know. But then that happened and I'm like, oh my God, I felt the sense like there's still shitty people in the world. Like racism and sexism did not go away. So it not that I thought it did, but in 2016 it awakened in me like, oh man, this shit's still there. You know, there's still there's still racism, sexism, homophobia and we're making progress, but we still got a lot of work to do. And like you said, like maybe there was something good about if we can take one thing good, I mean, maybe just, yeah. What, what the, um, you know, who kind of came out of the darkness and out of the, you know, uh, corners of the, you know, the, of the earth, these, these racist, these, you know, sure. uh, it was people. Like, it was they, like, they, yeah, it was like, Trump was a UV light in a dark room. <laughs> Revealing all the cum stains <laughs> of the country. <laughs> exactly. In, in the Hotel America, revealing the cum stain <laughs> racist and misogynist. <laughs> exactly. He's revealed. And the and and you know and like you say maybe that and that's the good thing because really we we needed that push I think we everybody always talked about there needs to be like a revolution I always remember hearing people like saying like, there just needs to be a revolution and it's like what's that going to look like like war in the streets what is it? no it just came in the form of like protests especially like sure. Black Lives Matter and it just came in the form of and people speaking out more and. So, like you said, maybe that's the good we can take from yeah. these last four years. Yeah, I think that, you know, there, I think some people who maybe have been in this like really, really hardcore even before Trump may disagree with that statement. But I think that, well, the only thing I would say to anybody that maybe is thinking or has that mindset would be that like the majority of people weren't in the same mindset that you are. But now there are so many more people that actually know what you're talking about when you're bringing up different organizations and things like that. Like many people were just like, not like willfully ignorant, but just ignorant. Like, I don't right. know. Like, you know, I have a hard time remembering the kids that my shitty daughters on the soccer team with, you know, like <laughs> I can't I don't know what the fucking Antifa or a proud boy is. I don't know what any of this stuff means. But now it's like every this is like common knowledge and it's good that people know these things so they can have a better understanding of like what is going on in the world. So Definitely. that's yeah, a good, it, good it, part. It like woke up people that like and I uh, I hate using the term woke, but it's the best way to put it. Like, you know, it woke up a lot of people that just weren't paying attention to the conversation. Yeah, that's about it. Definitely. So that's the good we can take the 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 little uh gold nugget from from the last four years <laughs> yeah yeah and, and 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 the one thing i will say is like even if uh you know uh our lord and savior donald trump is no longer uh the the president that motherfucker is not going away so people need to brace for that we're probably gonna, or, exactly we're orange gonna, jesus yeah, yeah. <laughs> orange jesus <laughs> yeah, will uh yeah, you know their orange jesus will uh you know because yeah people are still marching for him yeah you get your the, we're we're going results and it's scary. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, brace for that. We're going to see more of that motherfucker than we ever have. 
he's trying to get a TV show going and it keeps getting shut down. So that, that makes me laugh and yeah, it'll, it'll, like, okay, it'll, keep, keep, keep shutting it down. Don't ever allow that shit. <laughs> it'll, 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 it, somebody's going to let it happen eventually. It, it, something, or maybe it won't, you know, maybe this is just me again, preparing for the worst. Hey, yeah. Well, that's the thing too. I think a lot of people, you know, yeah, great change has happened and, be optimistic, but just know like, yeah, there's still going to be those assholes out there and there's still going to be ignorant people who will be open to hopefully be educated, you know, just about people who live different lives than them. And yeah, so that's, that's why I'm trying to be like, okay, yeah, brace yourself. There's still going to be those, uh, cum stains. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Before we wrap everything up, because we're rounding the corner here, we've had a lovely conversation. We've talked about plenty of things, plenty of good things. We could probably keep going, but we should let our listeners go about their day. They probably have other podcasts or other things they need to do. So let's let them get to it. But before we do that, why don't you let the people know one more time where they can find you and your music and all of that. Sweet. Yeah. So um, uh, once again, I'm Caitlin Edwards. I'm on uh, Spotify. My solo music's on Spotify, um, just as it's spelled uh, there, as, as Brian will show the, uh, yeah, just my name, Caitlin Edwards. And then I also um, am in a ska punk band, Bumsy and the Moochers, Chicago-based uh, ska punk. And we're also on Spotify. And both my solo music and Bumsy and the Moochers were also on Bandcamp. And Bandcamp's great because... Um, on both platforms, I have a lot of uh, free free music for download, um, so you can go uh, find that on Bandcamp. And then I also am on Facebook too uh, with Caitlin Edwards Music uh, or Facebook.com slash Caitlin Edwards Music, and then Facebook.com slash Bumsy and the Moochers. Um, same, you can also find us on Instagram too. Um, a lot of a lot of updates on there. Um, we got a lot of merch too for sale. We just got some masks too, Bumsy and the Moochers. So yeah, grab some of those. Um, and we're gonna have a single coming out soon. Um, so keep your eyes on that. And yeah, you can also find uh yeah, my personal Instagram, of course, Caitlin.edwards with the Z. <laughs> um, that's my handle there. So uh yeah, hit me up there. Uh yeah, I think those those are all the main places where you can find me and and listen to my music and hey, if you have any questions about anything else, feel free to message me even also if it's about music therapy, you know, hey, I'm ready to answer those questions as well. <laughs> Hell, yes. Well, with all of that being said, time for an outro. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for being here one more time. Caitlin, thank you. Thank you. I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat 2020. Woo woo. Thanks for listening. And we are done. That's a podcast. I'm just going to fade this out. And cool. We did it. Mission accomplished.